Episode number 755, Becoming Change-Proof. You're listening to the official BNI Podcast with BNI founder and chief visionary officer, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Stay tuned for networking and referral marketing tips from the man who's been called the father of modern networking, along with suggestions and insights into getting the most from your membership in the world's largest networking organization, BNI. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the official BNI podcast. I'm Priscilla Rice, and I'm coming to you from Live Oak Recording Studio in Berkeley, California. And I'm joined on the phone today by the founder and the chief visionary officer of BNI, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Hello, Ivan. How are you, and where are you? Well, I just took a little vacation in Park City, Utah, where I had a chance to meet a lot of BNI directors at a, a special meeting. And this week, I'm at the U.S. National Conference in San Diego, a real live in-person meeting. So it's going to be exciting oh, that's here great. Uh, in San Diego to see everybody again. Who do you have with us today? I have a friend and special guest uh, on the BNI podcast today, uh, Adam Markell. You know, people are hardwired to resist change and to seek certainty, but that really leaves people ill-equipped to thrive in a rapidly changing world. And as I say, with me today is best-selling author, keynote speaker, and resilience researcher, Adam Markell. Now, Adam is the author of a new book, Change Proof, Leveraging the Power of Uncertainty to Build Long-Term Resilience. He is also a fellow member with me uh, in the Transformational Leadership Council started by Jack Canfield. So, Adam, welcome to the BNI podcast. It is great to have you on. Oh, it's great to be here with you, Ivan, Priscilla. So, uh, let's start with the the idea of change proof, uh, Adam. What's it mean to be change proof? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> change proof is uh, it's kind of a made up term. It, at least it it was at the start. Um, now we're 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 seeing it. In, quite a bit in use because there's so much change that is part of everybody's life. And I think before the pandemic, that was the, that was certainly the case, but I don't know that people felt it as much as they do now. I think the level of change and disruption is, is really profound. Um, and it is causing great, great levels of anxiety for many people. Many people are exhausted and even nearly burned out. Mm. And the concept of being change proof is really being able to leverage the uncertainty as you said in the book subtitle it's it's about the power of uncertainty and using and leveraging the power of uncertainty as a catalyst for our long-term growth for so many people they they define being resilient as simply being able to endure uh, bounce back from from setbacks or hardships and having researched this topic now for several years uh, more than 3000 leaders from organizations across the globe, from Fortune 50 companies to startups, what we found is that resilience is not about our ability to bounce back, but actually our capacity to bounce forward. It's not about endurance, as as again, many, many people really feel it is. It's actually about how it is that we recover, how it is that we reset and we regenerate our energy in four specific zones that we can talk about today. You know, I just wrote a piece um, about the future, and I call it predictable unpredictability. And that's really what I think the future is, that we have to be prepared for unpredictability. I studied, I don't know if you know this, under Warren Bennis at the University of Southern California, who was in his day the world's leading expert on leadership. 
And um, one of the things that he taught about leadership is adaptive capacity, the ability to be resilient, to adapt to changing situations. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about here, Adam. Now, you talk about rituals for resilience. Tell me about that. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to how it is that we develop greater resilience, we have to think of it as something that's holistic. It's not, it's one sort of big amorphous thing. It's actually baked into four different areas of our lives, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And the key to developing resilience is again, not about endurance. It's about how we create recovery in, in situations where we feel stressed or where we're being challenged by uncertainty or by the unknowns or you know a pandemic that that doesn't seem to end or uh, supply chain issues or, or any number of things that are just the constant challenge or disruption du jour, we have to develop rituals to recover mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And if we are able to do that, if we're successful at creating and crafting, curating specific rituals for that recovery, then, then we're able to have the energy, the insight, the creativity, the capacity to be able to outperform any of those challenges. And that's certainly been what I've, I've seen in my, in my own life, starting at age 19 as a, a Jones Beach lifeguard, which is where I typically begin the journey when I'm, I'm speaking to groups of folks, um, right up through 18 years as a practicing attorney um, and, and now in the work that I do, um, in all that time, I've never seen I've never seen uh, a time when when change was not the great constant, and I've also never never witnessed a time when people weren't in some way, shape, or form resistant or resisting and fighting change, and and certainly now is no exception. <laughs> Can you give us an example of a ritual for resilience? So let's let's look at mental, for example. I, I, I sometimes use a case study of a, a woman uh, that came to me after shortly after I had published a, a TED talk, uh, and and I in this TED talk told the story of how I end up um, in the emergency room thinking I'm having a heart attack, really believing, frankly, that I, I wasn't going to see my kids again. My wife and I have been married since college and have four healthy kids, and and I had this frightening morning, uh, Saturday morning in the hospital only to find out, fortunately, that, that my heart, um, that I was having a panic attack, an anxiety attack, but my heart was fine. That was the good news. That was really, really what brought me to tears that day, realizing that I, I you know, was healthy, but yet there were, there were things in my life that were happening that were really a cause for concern. Um, so I, I tell this story and, and eventually shared it on a TED stage. You know, it was, it was embarrassing to me at the time as a lawyer. I didn't feel like I could be that vulnerable about what, what I'd been experiencing. I didn't know what to do with it. And, and this woman who's the CEO of a hospital in the Southeast, she gets in contact with me after watching the TED talk says this is the exact same thing happened to her this past weekend. And she didn't know what to do about it. And I, I told her, well, one of the lessons that I learned 12 years earlier when this happened to me was that, that she needed to tell her leadership team, she needed to to share this with other people and that it, it might well be the most important thing she does as a leader or has ever done as a leader. Um, it took some doing, but she, she did agree to, to follow that advice and shared it with her senior team and was amazed to find out how many people not only were in support of her and wanted, wanted to uh, 
to, to help her, but also saw great strength in, in her transparency. Great trust was established because she's willing to be that vulnerable. And she also learned that people were really suffering. They were, they were having just this tough a time. Um, so we worked on what we call the recovery map with her. And the first element of it was to find something she could change mentally to create a new ritual for herself mentally. And what we established pretty quickly was that her ritual in the morning was to wake up. Uh, she was being woken up by her phone and then she, immediately she would touch her phone and start to look at, you know, what was going on. She's the CEO of a hospital. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that could go wrong while she was taking her six or seven hours of, of uh, restless sleep. Um, so the ritual that we created for her was a morning ritual, a rising ritual, where she couldn't touch her phone for the first 30 minutes of the day, which was really difficult. And that mm -hmm. the first 10 minutes in particular was a time that she was going to sit in stillness, that that stillness could be gratitude practice. It could be prayer. It could be meditation, but that she wasn't going to do anything, wasn't going to watch anything on TV, et cetera. So that became one of four new rituals that that she created. And, and for folks that might be concerned or, or wondering what's a ritual, how is it different than a habit? Uh, habit is to me something that we do unconsciously and, and like brushing your teeth with the same hand every day, that kind of thing. And a ritual is something we do with great consciousness, with great presence. Um, and that's the only difference. It's not something religious, even though sometimes that word is used associated with spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual, spiritual things. It's just a conscious habit that you start, you create for yourself. And, um, and you ultimately can create these new rituals in, in each of these areas, mental, emotional, physical, yeah. spiritual. And the good news is they don't have to be big changes. They can be tiny, tiny things. So for, for this well, CEO, we'll call Denise, in the emotional quadrant, she stopped watching TV when she got home from work at night. She wanted to unwind. So instead of watching TV or specifically watching the news in which to unwind, which was triggering her emotionally, yeah. she, <laughs> she just started to do something she didn't have time to do, which was to read, read for pleasure. So we just replaced. It was just a habit replacement there. And yeah, that became you know her Can new I just ritual. Say, I, I love that one. And what I've started doing is listening to books while I'm making dinner or doing something but it's it's a it's a great ritual to to read a book when I'm while I'm doing something that doesn't take any thought like cooking. Right. Yeah. You can stack rituals as well. So yeah. for me, I I too wanted to read more books and and I was finding it difficult. So, but one thing that I was already doing was going to the local YMCA and swimming because I'm a swimmer and that's my main form of physical release. So. I decided to bring a book with me and I would read for 10 or 15 minutes before I would go in the pool and I'd read for 10 or 15 minutes afterward. And I was just tearing through books because I stacked one ritual against another. And anybody can do that. You take something you know you're already doing and then add something to it. Yeah. We're out of time. Uh, can you give me a quick misnomer about resilience before we wrap? Well, the, I think the greatest misnomer again is that it's about how it is that we endure hardship or stress or difficulties and and you can reframe resilience to know that it's really about how it is that we are resetting ourselves on a, on a ritual basis to regain and recapture our energy and and most often what we start people with is a, a baseline assessment of of how they're doing uh resilience wise and people can go to resiliencerank.com resiliencerank.com 
It takes about three minutes. That's the best part of it. And as I said, we've done it with more than 3,000 leaders across the globe. And they'll not only get their scores in those four areas, but they'll also get a whole host of resources for creating new rituals that they can try on for size and, and see how many of them stick. ResilienceRank.com, that'll be in the transcript notes. Uh, also for Adam, AdamMarkell.com and ChangeProof.com. Adam, thank you so much for being on the BNI podcast. I really appreciate you. Oh, I so appreciate this conversation, Ivan. Thank you. Thank you. Back to you, Priscilla. This podcast is sponsored by MeisnerAudioprograms.com. These audio programs will provide you with the tools and the inspiration to powerfully enhance your BNI experience and help you boost your business. So check out the great material available to you at MeisnerAudioprograms.com and use the promo code IVAN50 for 50% off all of the audio programs. And all of the proceeds are going to go to the BNI Foundation. So thank you so much for listening. This is Priscilla Rice, and we look forward to having you join us again next week for another exciting episode of the official BNI podcast. 